Yo, what is going on, everyone? What is cooking? This is scriptwriter Steve. You reach my podcast, Barbecue to Movies. Today is June 2nd, 2021. That's a Wednesday for all you people who don't know it. It is currently 4.17 a.m. in the morning. That's right, 4.17 a.m. What are you going to do? Now, is it burning the midnight oil? Fixing photos? Watching TV? Letting the guinea pig run around my living room? <laughs> All right, I'm going to turn this down. Yeah, today is a Wednesday. I'm not going to do a Wedding Wednesday podcast for you. I'm sorry, brides out there. I'm not in the mood. Not in the mood right now to do Wedding Wednesdays. Plus, there's really no news out there right now. Other than, I think in two weeks, things will be open. And uh, you know what that tells me? When the, when the lieutenant governor says two weeks, things will be back to normal and COVID will, COVID will be back to normal. They're not following the science. They didn't say until we get X amount of people vaccinated. They didn't say until we get infections down to this rate. They didn't say any of that. What they said in two weeks, maybe that's June 15th, everything's going to be opening up. Why are they saying that? Well, it coincides with California because because California on June 15th, everything will be opened up and the rest of the country is opening up. These vaccines, by the way, they are working. All right. The Moderna and Pfizer, they're working. The, The Johnson and Johnson, maybe that's also working. On top of that, we have people who have been infected and actually they created natural immunity through infection and then recovery. You know, and those people, they don't need any vaccines, none whatsoever. And there's also T-cell immunity created by the common code. So all of those three things working together, we've reached herd immunity probably sometime in January because the virus stopped spreading exponentially. It started dropping exponentially. It started dropping faster than it ever risen. All right, so that's when you reach herd immunity, when this virus can't spread as fast as it can. And we know for a fact that this virus is more more contagious than the common day code. All right, so it's very, very contagious. And even with that being said, we when the vaccines made their way, it pushed us over the little hump and the, that number's just dropped. And right now, the elderly, the vulnerable, they're all vaccinated for the majority, right? And who's left? The young kids, the young adults who are, you know, if they get it, they don't even know it, right? If they get it, they survive. They have close to 100% chance of survival. So my question is right now for everyone is why is this government, you know, kind of forcing kids, young adults, college kids to get vaccinated? Why are they telling high school kids they have to get vaccinated, right? Why are they telling children they have to get vaccinated, you know, Moderna came out and said, well, if you if the kids take the vaccine, they have a 100% recovery rate. How do they know that when they already have a 100% recovery rate? There's no way to figure that out. Why are you vaccinating kids with a, with a drug that you have no idea if it's safe or not? They have yet to actually do a long case study on this vaccine on kids yet. So you don't know the safety. You know, us here as adults, right? You know, I'm 44 years old. I'm right on that cusp of, you know, things getting, I'm not young anymore, right? I'm no young spring chicken anymore, right? So, you know, I took the vaccine partially because, you know, I wanted, I didn't want to deal with, you know, the, 
the uh, inter- the inter island travel here in Hawaii. I wanted to see if I could make some money on the outer islands, and that ended up becoming a you know basically a bust because you know rental cars are about a thousand dollars a day on the outer islands. It's crazy. So there's no way I can make money doing weddings on the outer islands. <laughs> rent a car for one day on the outer islands, and it's more expensive than my wedding package than what I charge for a wedding package. I am the, in the wrong business, right? But you know, I I kind of also took the vaccine for a little bit of safety, all right? It, it wasn't just just about money. I said, okay, I, I see the safety things. I believe in it. But do I know 100% sure if this mRNA vaccine is 100% safe? No, I don't. I honestly don't. I'm just rolling the dice. But with that being said, I, I can tell you that I've rolled the dice with a lot of things. I've taken a lot of things. I put, I put a lot of things in my body that was maybe a lot more dangerous, right? You know, when I used, to, I, I bike, I used, I never used steroids, but I used different types of performance, performance enhancing drugs that, that were not legalized by the FDA. And some even caused cancer in lab rats. And I took that, right? They were called SARMs. And I did, I did the study. They said, okay, yeah, it causes cancer in lab rats, but they're giving the dosage levels to these lab rats at an ast- astronomical level. And I was going to not take these drugs at that level. So I said, you know, again, toxicity is a matter of dosage. I did the homework and I said, hey, you know what? You know, I'm going to take these. But again, I'm used to doing that. It's a personal decision. So I took the risk for this mRNA stuff. I said, hey, you know what? I put other things in my body. Why not this? We'll see what happens, right? And that's it. That's really it. Now, what do I want to talk about today? I'm going, I'm going all over the, the subject, right? all over the, the whole field of like subjects right now and topics. <laughs> Something is on my chest that I want to get off. And it has to do with my wedding company, uh, Dream Wedding Sawai. And it has to do with the Facebook group that I run on, I guess on Facebook, right? It's kind of redundant. Yeah, I run a group on Facebook called Hawaii Wedding Information. And the reason why I created this was, number one, it was a way for me to interact with my brides and uh, my customers, my brides, most of, most of them are, are brides, um, in a forum. And I wanted my brides to interact with each other so they could help out each other and, uh, you know, and answer questions to each other that maybe I couldn't answer because, you know, and maybe they could meet somewhere or something like that too because I have so many brides from all over the entire country and all over the world. And some of them live right next to each other. And some of them have met with each other and they're all my clients, right? So um, I even met, I even married two, two, two different couples and their husbands were on the same submarine. And they didn't even know that. One was the, the high-ranking officer who just got there. And one was like a, the, lower, the lower enlisted guy. But um, they, had, they had no idea that they were using the same wedding company to marry each other. So anyway, small road, right? But uh, that was the reason why I created this uh, uh, Facebook group. And then I expanded it to, uh, you know, who, I, I said, you know what? I'll, I'll invite any cl- person in there. Not, not, not even invite. Regular people started to, started to request membership on there and said, yeah, that's fine. I have no problem at all with people coming in and asking me, uh, asking me final questions. And even if they weren't my customers, you know, I said, that, that's fine. That's 100% fine. And then I got, then I got some vendors and I said, okay, you know, some vendors are cool, but vendors who directly competed with me, I had to draw the line. Now, on this forum, I still offered my very, very blunt advice. And you know me, I'm very blunt. I'm very honest, right? If I am going to call a spade a spade, I am going to call whatever it is, whatever the way it is, right? I'm a straight shooter. And 
I don't, you know, you know, beat around the bush with, you know, rainbows and unicorns and marshmallows to make your feelings, you know, to make you nice and warm and fuzzy all over before I start criticizing the hell out of, uh, I guess, what you're about to propose. So if I think you're wrong, or if I think you're headed down the wrong road, I'm going to tell you, right? So there's a bride, you know, on, on our face, in our Facebook group that got married, didn't use our services. And then she posted her pictures of her wedding, which, you know, for the most part, they turned out okay. I said they turned out okay, but in the in there, she she basically advertises her photographer that she used for her wedding, and that's all right. Number one red flag: you're advertising a photography photographer on our website, and she doesn't think that's you know out of order or rude or anything like that, right? And uh, and she knows for a fact that this is our company website. I mean, imagine that you go into a company website, the forum, and you start advertising someone else's business, right? So I said, okay, I'm going to leave it up there, whatever. And then she says, well, she asked for sunset and mountain pictures, and that's what she was able to get from this photographer. Well, I look at these pictures, and I say, well, you know, I'm going to be very nice to her. And I said, you know, I'm going to, I have to critically analyze or objectively analyze these photos. And I do it in a very nice way. I don't say the photos are bad. I don't tell her, you know, these are bad wedding photos. I don't, I don't tell her that she did a bad wedding or anything like that because the photos came out nice. But those were not sunset photos. Sunset, you know, the background was completely white. And why was it completely white? It's because the photographer who took it doesn't understand exposure. Now, when you take back, when you, when you, when you take uh, sunset pictures, you have to use a flash. You just can't get a, around it because that sun is extremely bright. That sky is extremely bright and your foreground, your subjects will be extremely dark. So if you focus on the background and you don't have any flash, then your subject becomes just silhouettes. They'll just become black silhouettes, right? If you focus on your subjects, then you're going to lose the background. Now we've seen this with your, if you take, if you try to take a sunset picture with your, um, with your phone, especially with your old cell phones that, that didn't have a really good dynamic range, you would see the white white background you instead of shooting a great yellow and pink and you know blue sunset right with all the different colors in there it would just be completely white and even if you tried to use a flash your flash wasn't power powerful enough to balance out the foreground and the background so <laughs> this this photographer again delivered photos to this couple just with completely white backgrounds now if i would have delivered that to my wedding couples and see and my wedding couples wanted a sunset background. They're looking for, and we have a nice sunset background. Like for example, we go there to the beach and that sunset is yellow, magenta, bluish, all those different things. And we even, even throw in the green flash on there. If I can't replicate that in the camera, then I'm in trouble. And if I just deliver a white, just a white background, I'm really in trouble. And that's what this photographer did. So I basically pointed that out. And she goes ballistic and she says, oh, why are you being rude for? I really like this. This is my, you know, the photographer was, you know, the not photographer of the year and all these kinds. She starts going off and defending everything and calling me rude just for pointing out, you know, on my website, you know, what was wrong with these photos. And I'm not insulting her at all. I'm not insulting the photographer. I am just telling the way it is. I am making an objective call. And secondly, it's my forum. I can do whatever I want to it. I am the moderator of this group. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm the moderator. This is my company. You're posting a competitor's work on my page and you're lucky I'm being nice about it, right? 
So then I get attacked by another bride who, who again, calls me, well, it's very unprofessional of me to criticize another photographer's work. <laughs> well, yeah, I've yet to see my webpage because that's what I do. I criticize other people's work because that's what you have to do. You have to tell couples, you have to tell people, your, your future clients, why you're better than your competition, right? Because A, you understand exposure better, understand, you understand posing better, you understand how to make, you know, people look thinner in the right areas and bigger in the right areas, you know? You understand all of those different types of things and shadows and everything. You know, if you point out a picture and say, hey, you know what? This photo's not too good because there's a tree coming out of the guy's head. And you, if you tell these two sensitive little brides there what's wrong with the picture, they'll say, well, you're, stuck. you're being a little rude. So I did a little research into their profiles, and guess what? They're young, you know, young 20s and all that, young brides, right? Naive. You know, they come from the woke crowd, that next generation crowd that are so young, they get offended, and everything is a victim. And again, they get taught, if there's nothing nice to say, don't say it, right? And if you say something critical, you're being rude. They can't handle (laughs) objectivity. And again, if when you're critical, you're objective, you're not being rude. There is a difference, right? There is a difference. And when people come to my Facebook group, that's what they're going to get. So I basically, you know, <laughs> kicked them off, kicked them out of the group, blocked all their posts because I don't need, you know, people who are not my customers, people who don't appreciate, you know, my critical analysis because that's what I do. And I do it to everyone's, right? You know, everyone's, everyone's, uh, uh, you know, you know, thing out there. I mean, if they, if they have a post out there and they're going down the wrong path, I will critically analyze it and I'll give you my two cents. And I'm very nice about it. No insults ever being thrown. It is just a critical analysis, an objective opinion. That's all. And you have to know there's a little truth to it because it hits home. You know, it hits home when you say, hey, you know what? There's no sunset photos there. It's just white background, right? And they get very defensive about it. The truth is there is none. And again, you had a blue background. I saw it. There's potential inside there. And that photographer messed up. And then I, then on top of that, I posted my own photos to sh- just to show couples out there that people, because again, these are, um, these are potential clients on my forum who want to book with me to show them that this is how it's done. You shoot, you got to use different exposure rates so you can get the texture, the texture in the clouds, the magentas, the yellows, the golds, and you can't shoot exactly at sunset, else (laughs) that sun will just be a yellow dot. You, You have to know how to do these kinds of things. And when you understand exposure really, really well, that's what happens. You get a really nice sunset shot. You can toy with the exposure rates and you can shoot these, these really good sunset shots that are, that are not really at sunset, sunset, because if you did, the pictures will, will not come out that great. But, you know, when you know what you're doing, it shows. And this photographer, unfortunately, while her composition was good and her poses, they were above average, she didn't understand exposure and you could tell. You could actually tell. And you could tell that she used Photoshop and Lightroom to push light into the shadows because the foreground was very, very grainy. So she used an, uh, she used um, auto ISO, which is really, really wrong. And, and again, if these people, they're, if, they're, if these brides, they're going to blow up this photo to a very big, large, uh, you know, 20 by 30, they're going to see all this grain, all this noise in, on their face. Because when I blew it up on Facebook, I could see it, all that all that rainbow noise in there. It's not nice, not nice. And that's why you have to use a flash. All right. So I had to get that off my chest. Now, this, 
you know, my entire, you're running a Facebook group. Um, it's kind of interesting because you can kind of be, you're kind of like God over there, but you wouldn't imagine how many complaints I get from these young brides who say, so-and-so said this, so-and-so said that, so-and-so said that, they hurt my feelings, hurt my feelings, hurt my feelings, hurt my feelings. Oh, they said, this person said that thing about my wedding, that person that said that. So my reply was, shut up. Really, just shut up. People have opinions. And I really, and I literally had to change my group, my, my, my Facebook rules saying, there is no safe places in my Facebook group, all right? People are going to like or not like your wedding photos. People are going to like or not like your bouquet. Just because they don't like it doesn't mean they have to get kicked. And if you don't like it, what they're having to say, you know, if they're, if they don't, if they put a thumbs down or something like that or a laugh at you, that's just it. They think you're silly. You know, they're, they're passive aggressive. They're insulting you. But you know what? Grow a pair, grow a backbone. I'm sorry. Not everyone's going to like your stuff. Not everyone's going to like your wedding. They may be jealous. They may be envious, but who the hell cares? Move on. That's the way it is. That's the way it is. I'm sorry. So the rude people on my Facebook group, which are, they're not really rude. I just say they're honest. They're very, very honest with their opinions. And that's fine. That's really fine. If they say, oh, that bouquet is too big for me. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have chosen that same bouquet. I'm not going to kick them out of the group. But you wouldn't imagine how many of these young millennials, I would th- say they're even younger than the millennials now, that they just want, I, I, I'll call them the woke crowd. They just want these people who have an opinion, a strong opinion, to be booted from my Facebook group. <laughs> so so uh, w- what happens is that I end up booting them because they keep complaining, 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 and just and just causing arguments, you know, you know they have to grow a pair. They have to grow a pair. People have to. People gotta wake up. All right. There are just and that will. I'll, I'll segue that into my next, uh, I guess, topic here is that people have to grow up and stop getting offended. We are living in a country. This next generation of of that that is growing up. That these young adults, these kids. And I just had this conversation with one of my past clients that they're looking to be a victim. Victimhood is now trending. So all of a sudden, if you're the right type of minority, the right type of color skin, you know, you're not rich enough, you're whatever it is, right? It is cool to be the victim now. And that's not good. I mean, it's not good to be the bully and it's not good to be the victim. All right. So people have to just wake up. You know, you're not the victim. Stop playing the victim. You know, if, you, if you're always going to play the victim, you're not going to grow. You're not going to learn. People will just will not teach you because the way you learn is by someone telling you what you're doing wrong. <laughs> All right, people, I am going to cut the commercial. I'll be back. I'll continue on this subject because I got a lot more to get off my chest. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's scriptwriter Steve with a shameless plug for my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So if you want to get married in Hawaii, if you want to get your vows renewed in Hawaii, and if you want some family pictures in Hawaii, make sure you check me out. So my website is dreamweddingshawaii.com. So that's dream, weddings with a S, Hawaii spelled out, dot com. Oh, 
Alrighty, everyone, I am back from that commercial break. I hope you are too. I'm listening to. What is this? Is that Umbop? This is Umbop, right? It kind of sounds like Umbop. This guy copied Umbop, whoever made this intro music here. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm going to turn this down. Do you guys remember Hansen Umbop? Man. You know, there was a lot of people, I, re- I remember when that music came out and they were saying, do you listen to Umbop or like, you know, Hanson? And people were making fun of each other and saying, no, I don't listen to Hanson. Yet we all listened to Hanson because that was a nice song. I liked Umbop. I told them, I, I was never scared of my opinion at all. And um, I guess in high school or even growing up later on, I, I just, you know, <laughs> I just let it fly. I just let it fly. And I was never... You know, my my um, professors, you know, I was never scared of sharing my opinion with my professors. And that's that's why I think I got into a lot of trouble in high school and in my one semester of college, you know. And that's why college doesn't work for me because, you know, I am – if I if I tell someone – if I don't agree with them, I'll tell them that I don't agree with them. I mean, sometimes I hold my tongue, but a lot of times I'll just let it fly. And I see a lot of things that a lot of other people are saying. And that's why, you know, people have – my friends, my family, and uh, a lot of other people who listen to, to my podcast, uh, a lot of them have stopped me and said, man, you know, I can't believe what you're saying on air because it's exactly what I'm thinking, but I never had the courage to say it. You know, I have a lot of, um, I guess, the listeners who have told me that, and I'm glad I'm you know, kind of speaking for you because you can't say it yourself because you may be fight you you may lose your job or your you know your parents or your grandparents or your friends may disagree with you. You're you're kind of sheltering in place because you know you're living in the closet. I mean you are literally living in the closet because you can't share your opinion. You can't really share what's on your mind. You can't even share who you um voted for because this woke crowd out there, this people and I wouldn't say it's a woke crowd. These people have, I think, I think it's a combination of Trump derangement syndrome, SJW, and wokeness and victimhood all mashed together into a blender. And that's where America is now. And so that's where all your friends who you can't talk to, or your family or whatever it is where you can't talk to, they are finding one way or another to be offended, to hate you, to get triggered. And for some reason, they don't realize how <laughs> how unhealthy it is to think like that, to be angry, to think like they're a victimhood, to think like uh, you know, to think that uh, you, you know, literally, when when uh, a boy thinks he's a girl, or a girl thinks he's a boy, and to say if you if you raise your hand and say no, I don't think that's right, they point the finger at you and then come down towards you and think something's wrong with you for thinking oh. A boy is a boy and a girl is a girl because you don't think that trans transgender female is actually a real female. They'll come down on you. If you voted for Trump, they'll come down on you and say, I can't believe you're a white supremacist. I mean, those, those types of things. Did I tell you the story that my neighbor, um, my neighbor, she, he, he's no longer a neighbor anymore because he was renting out the, um, the house next door. But, you know... Uh, he found out that, you know, our family were Trump supporters. It was pretty obvious because we had Trump signs in our front yard. And uh, after Trump won over Hillary, you know, he walked over to us and he um, came over to us and he said, you know what, it's really unfortunate that, you know, that I found out that you folks are racist, that, you know, you, we had no idea that you're racist. 
We're like, what are you talking about? We're racist. So all of a sudden, he jumps to the conclusion that we're racist, right? And who's coming over to, over to us, right, is a white guy, right? It's a white guy, overweight guy, a very rich guy. He's a very rich white liberal. And then he tells us, you know that everyone here in our neighborhood, they all voted for Hillary. And you're the only one who voted for Trump. Now, later on, I find out my other next-door neighbor next, next to me voted for Trump. The Japanese woman right across from me, she voted for Trump. You know, another person down the street, they voted for Trump. So the Trump supporters were all around. You know, they're all around. In fact, he was maybe one of the few Hillary Clinton supporters, but he was so full of himself that he didn't know it. How do you like that? Right? And when he, <laughs> And by the way, just to let you know, he is a white liberal calling me a racist, an Asian, a Chinese, a racist, right? And not to say Chinese can't be racist because Chinese are extremely racist. They hate every other race in the world, to be quite, quite honest. But, you know, Chinese Americans, myself, I'm not a racist. You know, I don't hate no one for I don't hate anyone based upon race. I may hate someone based upon other things, but not upon race. You know, race is the last thing I would hate someone on because it's not valid, right? It's not valid. I may actually hate people based upon their opinion. It's not right, but then, you know, if they think, you know, if they, if they, you know, have, share a very wrong opinion, they, they will not be sitting well with me. So this is where we are in our country. You, you take my Facebook group, which I was talking about earlier, and you have these people who are just, you know, so sensitive. They can't handle judgment, right? And, you know, again, you ask yourself, where does personal growth come from? But this isn't just the younger generation. I, mean, I used to belong to, before COVID, I used to belong to these um, writers groups. And I would go to these writers groups to help out everyone. And, you know, even, and it's kind of interesting because even though if I tout my resume and tell them, you know, who I was and what I did and, and uh, you know, my, my professional resume as a writer, as a storyteller, they would still, and I would say 99% of them on there, they were, <laughs> I was much better than them. Right. Only once have I ever ever met someone who was a better writer than me, or who was a more accomplished writer than me. But even then, when I when I talk to these people, they're such bad writers. When I read their work and I talk to them, they don't understand anything about storytelling. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing about the three act structure, character arcs, you know, personalities, or anything like that. They don't understand any of that. They don't even understand how to create a simple sentence. When you talk to them, they can't tell a compelling story. Like what I'm doing to you now, right now, I'm storytelling, right? I don't have no notes in front of me. I'm just telling you a story off the top of my head. But because I'm a, such a good storyteller and I pace myself correct, I can kind of make it interesting and kind of shoot from the hip a lot of times. So anyway, going back to this story, uh, what I'm telling you about, uh, the, about this group of storytellers that I would meet up, uh, this writer's group, in this group, nobody would criticize anyone. And they said that if you criticize anyone in here, it better not be anything mean and it better not be anything critical. How are you supposed to improve? How are you supposed to improve? And there was one guy, one guy who I said, well, and I, I was very honest with him. I said, um, well, you know, you have a real, really a big problem with constructing a proper sentence. You have to learn you know, where to put the commas, a period, you know, you have to learn simple things like constructing a simple sentence, how to, you know, describe things properly so your audience knows what's going on 
instead of having to decipher it. And, um, you know, he started to try to defend himself. And then I got pulled to the side. I said, Steve, we, we don't do that here. We only offer, you know, praise. And then we don't, we don't, we're not critical. And I said, how long has this guy been part of your group? He says, well, he was here in the beginning, five, six years ago. I said, he hasn't improved at all because none of you, you know, raised your hand and said, hey, there's a period here. You know, he wrote an entire paragraph in one sentence. You can't do that. Like someone teach him how to write. You're doing more of a disservice by not being honest with him. And he actually thinks he has a shot to become a professional writer. Right? You're doing a very big disservice because you're lying to him. And some of these people know how to write at least a proper sentence. And again, so my my time in that group was short-lived because, again, they said, no, no, you can't be critical. And the people who run this group... They're 50, 60 years old. And a lot of them were just horrible. Some of them had multiple books on Amazon and they, they didn't sell one of them. And they said, oh, selling books on Amazon is very difficult. It's very difficult if you're that crappy of a writer. And I kind of to- told the guy, I said, the reason why you're not selling any books is because they're hard to read. They're not good. They're not entertaining. The premises are not, you know, they don't jump out at you. There's no hook to it. It's not interesting. Even, even the whole thesis of your entire, you know, argument that you're trying to sell the reader on, it's not good. There's no hook. There's no reason why that author would say, I mean, the, the buyer would say, I would, I would want to spend a dollar or two to buy this. Nothing. The premise, the cover of the book isn't very interesting. You know, none of it. None of it. Absolutely none of it. Uh, but of course, you know, you can't say that. <laughs> so what I, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do, right? But again, this is where we are living in this, you know, this country right now. This whole world, of, I guess right now, <laughs> there is no honest opinion. And if you give your honest opinion out there, like, for example, when we, when we had COVID and these doctors who were on the front line, we'll call them frontline doctors, and they were actually treating patients with COVID and being very successful with hydroxychloroquine, zinc, azithromycin, and also using aspirin to, f- to fight the blood clots, which would appear during COVID. They were figuring out treatments to treat COVID, and their speeches right there were censored. They were censored by Fauci. They were censored by YouTube. They were censored by Facebook, as though they were, you know, I guess, spreading fake news. And now it comes out, that everything they said was 100% true. And by the way, they're still using hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, and zinc, and a lot of ivermectin, you know, remdesivir, and all these other things to treat COVID. All of it, right? And because Fauci doesn't want you to treat COVID, if you still go to a major hospital, you know what their treatment is? If you go to Kaiser here in Hawaii, they told my father, Right, go home. Well, he never got COVID, but we, we just when COVID was at its peak, we we said, you know, we want we're, we were looking for a doctor just to, just in case we got it. We wanted to take the hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin, and and our doctor said, no, 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 we will only prescribe to you hydroxychloroquine if you can't breathe. By then, it's too late. By then, 
you know, COVID has basically affected your organs and your organs are starting to shut down and it's starting to spread. That's not good. You don't want it to get to that point. You don't want to be to be innovated, right? Intubated, right? So, you know, the treatment for Kaiser was to, when you get infected with COVID, go home, call us if you can't breathe. If you can breathe, we'll intubate you, put you on a, on a ventilator, and then we'll start trying to treat you because we didn't treat you before and we let COVID, you know, progress to a point where now we're playing catch up. And how many people died because of that? How many people died because of that? I think a lot. I think the majority of the people, when I talk to these doctors on the front line in these Facebook groups, how many people have they treated and died? Zero. Every person who they treated lived. So apparently these doctors who Facebook wants to censor <laughs> save lives. And why... And why did Fauci or no other doctors want to listen to them, right? Why was it? Was their ego too large or were they following? They didn't want to hear the criticism. It's just as bad as those two Facebook girls in the, the brides in the Hawaii wedding group that I run. It's just as bad as those writers who don't want to hear any bad things. And you have other doctors that don't want to hear treatments that may work because they don't want to be wrong. It's the same damn thing. It's a mental disorder. What's wrong? Your ego's too large. Your ego's so inflated and you're saying, and then it's blinded you, completely blinded you. Do you know that the CDC has no treatment plan for COVID? Even, but there are, there are doctors out there across the entire world who has, who have figured this out. They have figured this out. How do we know they figured it out? Trump got COVID. And they cured him within three to four days. What did he take? He took remdesivir. He took um, the, the, the synthetic antibodies, which I talked about um, before I had this podcast. And I would talk about this over and over and over again on my Facebook page. And I had doctors just shoot me down and say, it's completely false. That is completely ludicrous type of talk. Stop talking about that. I had friends who are doctors say, those things don't exist. It's completely science fiction. And lo and behold, Donald Trump gets treated with that. And what do they have to say? Oh, you're just lucky, Steve. You know, you're just lucky. So why didn't I gave them the information to read about these synthetic antibodies that they're, that they were creating. And they still have yet to embrace the technology that is out there. How do you like that? And it's just stubbornness because they don't want. First, a treatment that Trump used to be successful. They don't want a treatment that Trump, you know, um, basically touted hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, azithromycin and zinc. He touted that. They don't want that to be real. And again, they want to withhold this from being effective because it just doesn't fit their political agenda. They don't want Trump to be right. So they withhold their treatment and they call themselves doctors, right? You know? It's, it's so frustrating. And this is where we're living in now. So where do you do, where do you go to get the truth? Where do you go? You have to get an honest opinion, right? You have to come to, you know, people like me who are not even qualified doctors. You have to come to people like me. You know, I've been right on, I've been right about COVID more than Fauci. More than Fauci. I called it that, hey, this pandemic, when, when this pandemic was in China, I was out there saying, this is bad. This is really bad, people. 
And then Fauci was saying, no, no, you have nothing to worry about. There are friends of mine who are doctors. They said, nothing to worry about. Nothing. I said, no, this is really bad. This is really bad. It's going to go worldwide. And I was right. Right? And now it's coming out that the mask, they're finding out that the mask, they don't work. They absolutely don't work. And, and what do they have to say? Oh, well, you know, we were just trying to be ultra safe. You know, the truth is, before COVID, you know, doctors, when you see the doctors and nurses, they would never wear a mask. They would never, ever, ever wear a mask. They would only wear a mask when you, you know, when you actually, you, you get, or go into surgery or something. And then the mask were only used for one, that one time, that one incident. You know, you go under the knife, they're going to use that mask just once. Now we have, you know, people using masks over and over and over again, you know, storing them in their car, pulling them out of their pocket. You think that's a very healthy practice? There is more evidence to show that once masks were mandated, infection rates actually went up. And there's scientific, there's scientific proof or evidence that shows that masks may actually help spread the virus more. Do you know that? Apparently you don't. Because Fauci says something different, and he won't even admit that he was wrong. You know, he went from anti-mask to full-on masking to double masking, and then to say that masking was all a facade to just make to just to make sure that everyone felt comfortable. And now there's a new there's a new narrative out there saying that you know to you know you should get vaccinated to do your part to save other lives. No. Vaccines were never meant to do, never meant to save the person next to you. Vaccines were never meant to do that. You take a vaccine to save yourself, all right? It's not meant to save the other person. It's to save yourself. That's all. That's completely it. And that's the way they should market it. You know, they should say, hey, you know what? This vaccine is to save you from getting sick. This is this vaccine is, is to save you from getting really sick, hospitalized, hospitalized, or dying from COVID. All right, that's what this vaccine is for. That's all they have to say. But they're trying to make this narrative like, oh, we're in, we're in it all together. And if you don't abide by it, right, and if you're critical of them, they'll say, well, I'm offended, and I, you know what? And instead of us trying to like uh, again, you know. Uh, here's a really strange thing. The the people who are offended, they try to cancel you instead. They try to cancel, censor your opinion. So they don't only, they they not only want you to shut up, they want to get rid of your business, your livelihood, everything out there. So those doctors, right? You know, Fauci and everyone disagreed with them, even though they're right. Well, they tried to get them disbarred. They tried to get them to lose their medical license, right? You know, this, these girls over here, right, in the, in the Facebook group, you know, if they had their choice, they would maybe try to get my business, you know, you know taken away from me because I offended them. You know, th- these, these people who, in the writer's group, I got kicked out of the writer's group because I was being honest and saying to the guy, you can't write. You don't know how to construct a simple sentence. You know, you're, you're, you're creating run-on sentences. You can't keep saying and, and, and this, and that, and this, and that, and this, and that, and that. It can't, that's not good writing. Somebody should teach you how to write. It's simple as that. All right, people. 
I got that all off of my chest. That's all I wanted to say for today. Is it any wonder why I'm just like, I'm sweating here right now. All right, people, I am out of here. Hope you had a nice Memorial Day weekend. I sure did. And man, this week's just almost over too. So I'll talk to you later. All right, everyone, that's it for today. I had fun podcasting. If you like what you hear, please share my podcast. If you can't find me, look on your favorite podcast platform and look for BBQ2 Movies. That's BBQ T.O. Movies. Yeah, the T.O. is not the number two, by the way. It is T.O., like Terrell Owens. So that's BBQ2 Movies. Catch you around.